0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Political Panda Program. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Of course, it's Monday once again, and there's plenty, and I mean plenty, to talk about. With news coming out of not only the UK, to the Americas, mainly the Americas, as well as just hilarity in the elections, crime, the border being a major issue now, and with new stuff coming out that's even worse, as well As some other fun stuff, including something to end off the show today that uh, you're not going to want to miss. As we're going to be experiencing something together. As uh, there was an article written by The Atlantic that I've been made aware of. And that, you know, The Atlantic wants me to sign up to their thing. But you see, I have a way around it. And it's on, you know, it's on my current machine, I, I got my laptop ready here, and we're, we're gonna digest that together, but that's at the end of the show, so stick around, but jumping right in, we gotta jump right in today, with uh, something a little, you know, a little interesting, something a little bit, you know, you know, sort of weird, and things that i didn't want to have happen you probably didn't want to have happen either because honestly it's really fucking weird and kind of cringe that anybody would think that this was a good idea or that she even thought this was a good idea and uh well here it is um here is nikki haley on snl my question is why
1: you debate Nikki Haley?
2: Oh my god, it's her, the woman who was in charge of security on January
1: 6th. It's Nancy Pelosi. For the 100th time, that is not Nancy Pelosi. It is Nikki Haley. Are you doing okay, Donald? You might need a mental competency test.
0: You know what I did? I
2: took the test and I aced it, okay? Perfect score. They said I'm 100% mental. And, you know, I'm confident because I'm a man. That's why a woman should never run our economy. Women are terrible with money. In fact, a woman I know recently asked me for $83.3 million.
1: And you spent $50 million in your own legal fees. Do you need to borrow some money?
2: Oh, Nikki, don't do this, Nikki. Nikki, tiki, dolly. Nikki, don't lose that number, Nikki Haley. Joel Osmond, Nikki Haley, Joel Osmond, we call her. Six cents, remember that one? I see dead people.
1: Yeah, that's what voters will say if they see you and Joe on the ballot.
2: Oh, that's not very nice, Nikki. It's not nice. And I'm always very nice to you, except when I'm implying you weren't born in this country. Even though you're from South Carolina, and now I'm going to beat you in your state.
0: Holy fuck, dude, what the fuck happened? Like, I, you know, this is the greatest reason on why no one in my generation has cable television. Like, in my household, we only have cable television because my parents, like, watch cable television. That's it. Like, they're the only people I know that really still use cable television. And, I mean, if that's the kind of shit that you watch on cable television, holy fuck, I I, I get it. You know, I, I think you might have a problem. I... I just, what the fuck? What, 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 what the fuck even was that? Okay, I'm gonna break down that entire cringe clip. while well, it plays for me only, so you don't have to hear that amount of cringe again. So, I know this is meant to be a skit, and it's meant to be funny. Nothing here was funny. Like, I can laugh at Donald Trump and all sorts of things. There was nothing funny here. There was nothing. Like, you could hear me the entire time. Like, no, you couldn't even hear a single pee, a single chuckle. Nothing. I, I genuinely felt like I was watching, like, one of those, like, woman comic, like, woke, really woke female comics. Because I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I could watch this content for hours, and I'd probably end up falling asleep. There's nothing funny. And the only thing that would wake me up is this audience that has the applause sign going at full blast. Okay, so the first thing she says is, why won't you debate Nikki Haley? Nikki, because you don't deserve a debate. I'm sorry, but when Trump in the polls against you is like miles upon miles ahead, a debate between him and you is kind of a waste of his time. If he doesn't, if it was a close thing, sure, he'll debate you, and it would probably end up worse. Okay, it's just, it's just not the case. Second off, he the Trump has made the mistake of accidentally calling Nikki Haley, Nancy Pelosi, one time. One time that is it, and now this is being used as some sort of you know thing in which Donald Trump is immediately like he's mentally unfit, guys. He's he's gone fully wacko. He just needs a mental capacity... Really, really. So. So it takes one, t- it takes Trump stumbling his words, like, one time. A thing that we do all the time, right? It's something we literally all do all the fucking time. All that took was him, and now mental, comp- mental, mental competency is up on the table? Is that, is that really all, all all it takes? I, I'm, I'm, I mean, like, seriously, I just, like, I don't honestly, why would you even go on SNL? If you're Nikki Haley, what was the point of this? Are you, like, thinking that there's that much, like, anti-Trump sentiment, in, like, in, like, the party that maybe going on SNL would help you? Like, this... I don't, I don't get it. Well, elections are quite important, and as we continue on the road to November, it's now February, if if you need a little quick reminder as it... And, uh, I mean, I'm just reminding you that as well because it is Valentine's Day coming up. And if you do have a special someone, you should remember out there, guys. I, you know, Valentine's Day is literally next week on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, just reminding you, it is February now. And, well, so President Joe Biden won uh, South Carolina uh, the other day. Now, nobody cares about this because, um, you know... Uh, I mean did you really expect Joe Biden to lose? I mean did you really expect you, you know like we weren't expecting you know Joe Biden to really lose, right? Well, the reason why this kind of matters and why it's kind of important is it can really show you the enthusiasm, right? What do I mean by that? I mean there was a 4% turnout. I'm I'm not kidding. He may have gotten a landslide victory, but um, four four percent, four, 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 four percent. Like what, what, what the fuck happened here? Like where where was everybody? You know, like, you know, like, I, like there, it's there still was a lot of. You know, voters there, but like there's, you know, 131,286 South Carolinians took part in the primary. It's still a good amount of people, right? But compare that to the total number of, you know, registered voters, it was just a low participation rate of over 4%. For a comparison, last time in 2020, 16% of registered South Carolinians turned out. With Biden winning nearly 49% of the ballot. So, yeah, it's not, that's that's not good. It's not something you want to see, right? You're not expecting really, like, overly high turnout for a primary. Because it's not, like, an actual election really yet. But, but 4%, 4%, so it's not going well, uh, right? It's not, it's not going well. And with that, as polls after poll after poll after poll is coming out, showing Donald Trump about—the average right now that I've been seeing is about four points uh, ahead. And it's it's not going well, right? It's not continuously not going well for Joe Biden, right? Everything is playing against him. Every decision seemingly the wrong decision. So what—so how is the world reacting to this? Well, the world is split. The world is split. A lot of leaders want Trump to come back. A lot of leaders don't want Trump to come back. Why? Because they know that Trump is actually going to make them do different things, right? Like when Trump comes back, if Trump does come back into the office, right, he's actively going to be like, hey guys, yeah, we're not doing this whole like this thing. Like we'll probably be pulled right back out of uh, the WHO. We'll probably be pulled like right back out of different things. Like We'll be immediately going back to, you know, Trump-era policies that were working and were actually better, probably a lot like more of actual NATO countries going back to paying their fair share, you know, especially even if we don't end up pulling out of the UN, just straight up making other countries also pay their fair share. You know, there's a lot more of things that are going to go back to where the main reason why, you know, these other countries may not just because ideologically they don't like Trump, but also... You know, policy-wise, they don't like Trump because they actually, you know, end up having to fork over the money that they're supposed to be paying right now, that they aren't having to because America is basically subsidizing it for them, right? So they're they don't want that to come back, right? Everybody's economy is sort of in the fucking toilet, right? The world the world's economy is nothing more than just a complete shit show right now, right? We all we all know this, and so people aren't exactly excited. Unless, of course, you know, you're maybe Javier Malay, you know, you're Italian's Prime Minister of Georgia. You know if you're some of those different, you know, leaders, a part of, you know, the right-wing coalition over in, in Europe, then you're probably a little bit more, you know, happy. You know, if you're Benjamin Netanyahu, you know, you're probably, you know, it's probably a bit more you know, wanting him back, you know, even if you're Rishi Sunak, who's a bit of a shit Prime Minister over in, in the UK, you you know, you're probably more happy to actually have somebody like Trump back, just to be able to actively have somebody that's not completely brain dead when you meet them, you know, like, there's several leaders that would be very much, uh, you know, very very much, you know, coming back, right, there's, Clearly, you know, a lot more people that uh, maybe, you know, want Trump back. As well as, you know, a lot that don't. But it's, we gotta wait and see, right? So it's not going well. It's just not. It's not going well. It's not anything to shock you at all, right? Because underneath Joe Biden, America went from, you know... At the end of or the start of 2021, you know, really being able to pick it up and actually be off to a fantastic start. And we kept we 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 had Joe Biden as our mechanic to fix our car and we're twisting, we're turning. And he's the type of mechanic that he doesn't actually fix your car. He keeps making little other problems. So you keep having to come back in for more tune ups. But it's just the car never feels the same as it should. Right. That's how America has felt for the last almost four years now, right? It doesn't feel like it should. And so, what does this lead? Well, if you can't just keep, you know, trying to affect the other competition or mechanic in town, well, what do you do? Well, you got to cheat with the mechanic, you know, you got to cheat, you got to find some way to make, make stuff happen. And so, what do you do? Well, in the case of real life, if you're Joe Biden, you try to get Donald Trump thrown in jail or try to disqualify him in some way, you know, you try to go through any avenue you can to try and get him around. And while this is not exactly working over in Washington, D.C. this past week, uh, that official court case on the documents has officially indefinitely been suspended, like it is not even on the court calendar anymore, so like there's not even a date of when that goes to trial trial now. The case up in New York is not really going to matter. It's just going to end up probably being like a misdemeanor. And even then, he's not going to get any jail time for it. But it is a complete over count as well as it's being mistried as well. Over in Georgia, it's gotten even worse. The fact that this case still even has a chance of going anywhere is really surprising because now Fannie Wallace is admitting to a prosecute uh, affair with the prosecutor in the Trump case, so already this case is just an open and shut. Yeah, you already fucked it, right? Like you fucked uh, fucked up so hard, you dropped the ball so hard that it's the ball has left the court. The ball has left. Like you had a really solid thing here going, even if this was a complete fucking sham of a case. It, this was the most threatening case to Donald Trump, and somehow. Some way, Fannie Willis pulled a GOP, and like literally, she she literally snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. She did. It's actually incredible how this has happened. There, there is. If you are Don, if you are in the Donald Trump legal camp and team, this is the best case scenario that you could have hoped for, because with how bad this is. This case is going nowhere at this point. Like it's not going anywhere. Right? Like no matter no matter what really happens, it's not going anywhere. I'm just telling you as a person who even doesn't under really understand legal stuff as much, it's not going to go anywhere anymore. This is over. This case as soon as this allegation came out and now being confirmed as yes, she did have an affair with the prosecutor, it's over. It, there, there are so many violations in that and all sorts of other stuff that she could be starting to get tried for that this case is a closed and shut and it's not happening anymore, right? So that whole threat to Donald Trump is over. So now the other cases really don't matter too much, right? Because even if he were to be convicted and thrown in jail, right, for one— that campaign strategy that, like that's that could be the new campaign strategy for Trump. Oh, what what's up with me? Oh, I'm in jail, you know, and then during visitation he just gives them like a whole bunch of his different truths that he's that he's thinking and then you know, posts a lot of those, right? Like Donald Trump being in jail and sort of running a basement level campaign is the kind of thing that honestly would help Trump more than anything, right? Because for one, Trump can't really do interviews, can't really do much of anything like that, and it's going to help Trump in the fact that you're mostly thinking about Joe Biden, right? Donald Trump is Donald Trump's own worst enemy. You know, Donald Trump's mouth and different things that he spews and the kind of things he says that most people don't take seriously if you've really started to look and more understand him as a person, you really just kind of go, oh, yeah, no, it's not actually going to happen, or he's just saying this thing. Like, it's not right, and so, jail campaign, if it happens, big whoop, right, if he gets in for the actual presidency, bam, first day in office, all right, pardon myself, right, there you go, all right, I'm done, thank you, Help. hope hope you all had a good time, right, so this this case is over, it's already, it's already over, and besides, crime everywhere is, uh, of course, horrific, Around the nation. Under uh, Joe Biden. Thanks to the great. Uh, attorney generals all over the nation. We told you last week. About the former Trump official. Who was uh, in the hospital. For getting shot in Washington D.C. Yeah they're now dead. They, they're they now dead now. Officially. Officially. Uh, he was wounded last week. But now officially. Officially. He has officially passed uh, passed away, and um, truly, truly devastating. So crime is out of control, right? We got this plus several others all over, plus to carjackings to other things that involve migrants that we'll get into here in a little bit. But there's a clip I want to play for you. I'm not going to give you much context to this clip. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to give you much much context i'm just gonna play the clip and then i'll maybe give you a little bit more context uh see if you maybe recognize this person uh you might not uh but but here it is here is uh, the senator talking uh in inside the senate and uh see if you can maybe figure out who this is because it's a bit interesting and how ironic it is
2: take back the streets it doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter, or my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, my mother, your parents. It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become uh, uh, social, uh, become socialize into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask, what made them do this? They must be taken off the street. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally — I yield myself three more minutes — because they literally have not been socialized. They literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now, not out of a liberal instinct For love, brother, and humanity, although I think that's a good instinct, but for simple pragmatic reasons. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has, in fact, in part because of its neglect, created. Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people.
0: Oh. Now that doesn't sound empathetic or whatever modern liberal nonsense is. Yeah, if you couldn't guess, uh, that was Joe Biden in 1993. Does that sound anything like Joe Biden's rhetoric today? No, because I could actually understand that person. Now, granted, that person is still sixty-some odd years old, so you know the the full-on thing and stutter that he claims to have now on reasoning why. Yeah, remember that excuse that we were given a while back that we haven't heard since. Man, where where did that Joe Biden go? That Joe Biden sounds more like a like a like a Republican than. Than a, than a Democrat. See, that's that's how upside down this world is, right? You listen to, like, more older school-like Democrats, and those older school were Democrats, they're gone, right? They're, they've been thrown out of the party, right? The entirety of that is something that I could agree with. Those people don't deserve to be in society. They shouldn't be. There are people out there that maybe shouldn't be in society, right? Like, have you ever wondered why over the last, like, 50 years, and that you'll see videos, especially nowadays, when everybody's carrying, like, a phone in their pocket, why there's so much just insanity on this, like, the streets of, like, certain cities, right? If you ever wondered why that is? It's because the amount of people that are actually in mental asylums in the United States is significantly lower than what it used to be. There are certain people that need to be off the street. There are some people that are so far off their rockers that they're being kept out of those places. Because, you know... In some cases... And I've even heard this from a person... Like, yeah, I was too crazy even for the mental ward. What does that even mean at that point? What do you mean you're too crazy for the mental ward? No, 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 no. That's not how that works. That's that's not how that works. We're so soft, I guess... That even some people are just too crazy for them to deal with. So they just send them back to us. No. There are a fuck ton of people in this entire country that need to be either in a mental ward or just locked up for the rest of their life because there are clearly people that are not meant to be in society there are clearly some bad eggs some bad apples that no matter what kind of lesson you try to teach them by you know giving them sort of some sort of program to try to re you know rehabilitate or anything to them nothing is going to change with them you can do that for some and some will change but not all most of them won't, right? If you look at the overall statistics, most of them, once they get out, they go and they commit a crime, right? It's like 70%, right? Yeah, there's that 30%, that that's a minority compared to the 70%, the 70 plus percent that go on to commit another crime. And when you just send people back out to, from jail with no bail, no nothing, you basically go, well, okay, they aren't, it's really not punishing me for actually doing, you know, this sort of issue. So the crime continues, right? And so where does this lead? Well, it leads, right, it leads right into the next issue. What is that next issue? It leads right into the border. Right? You know, why are so many, you know, migrants wanting to go to cities like Chicago, like New York? Why do they want to go to places like that, right? Like, why, you know, why are they doing this kind of stuff? Well in a stunning stunning move that i must admit is just hilarious uh you know it's it's quite it's quite hilarious it it is just quite hilarious how how this is like working out i'll just let cnn have this realization themselves on why they want to go to new york because oh my goodness the reasoning behind this these migrants are just brilliant. They are, they're just fucking brilliant for how they've thought about this already. And I must admit, quite a great plan, honestly. Clearly they've got this figured out into a science. We're
2: hearing
1: a change when it comes to immigration in general from President Biden on down. To you hear her talk about that? It is also directly related to the fact that these were police officers. Does that have any impact? Does that change anything? Well. It's so complicated because, you know, you're a New Yorker, you move through the city every day as I do. We see these people, we touch these people, they're out looking for work, they're delivering our food, they're at the gas stations and the car wash. Uh, I mean, these are people who came in waves, you know, 170,000 probably to New York City. Um, But within that group, this hardworking, you know, throngs of people in search of hope and a better life, There is this one percenter, you know, criminal element that looks at a different opportunity here. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday, Mm -hmm. multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. Uh, This particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft. They were doing snatches on the street, iPhones, iPads, clothing, so on and so forth. Um, One of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. And I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York, do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail.
0: Oh. 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 Oh, You're, you're... You're you're, you're telling me that people don't want to actually stay in your, your state and, like, steal things because you actually go to jail? Oh! Oh! Wow. What a kooky, crazy solution that that is. You know, when you actually send people to fucking jail, they stop. When there's an actual consequence to your fucking actions that people stop. It's crazy how that works. Wow. Wow, what a weird, cool, quirky concept. You know where that concept has been so fucking successful? That this person just last night won 89% of the vote. 89% of the entire country's vote. The president of El Salvador, The president of El Fucking Salvador last night won re-election for the next five years with eighty-nine percent of the vote. That is Ronald Reagan's sweep, like nineteen eighty numbers. That is fucking nuts. That is nuts. Why? Because he's actually made a change that people can see, and that's that the criminals were arrested. They're gone. He actually gave, there's an actual consequence for doing crime, right? It is a weird and quirky thing that we as the American people have clearly forgotten. And that clearly a, a, a half of this country has forgotten that that's how the world works, right? So, so what do you do about these problems, right? So, you know, arresting them clearly bad, right? It's all bad and you know because obviously why would we why would we do that you know it's very very bad well what do you, i mean and these are people that are coming across you know the border well what do you do there well if you're the US congress you do the next best thing you come up with a new bill well what what is this new bill well I must say, it is a shit-fucking-bill. It is a shit-bill. So this bill comes out last night. And uh, my feed could not escape from it. So the bill is $118 billion. It is the $118 billion emergency national security bill. Okay. So it is... It is the... National Security bill it's what it's called it is a 370 page bill right that is 367 pages too long too long it's way more than necessary for a bunch of jargon that's probably all mixed around and fucked up that doesn't need to be there right so what what does this bill? crude. Well, the breakdown is, now keep in mind, keep in mind, it is the emergency national security bill. $60 billion to support Ukraine in its war against Russia. Now, does that sound like national security or does that sound like international security to you? $20.23 billion to secure the U.S. border. Okay, that sounds like national uh national security 14.1 in uh Israel Israel I love you but that's also sounds like international security um 10 billion in humanitarian assistance for civilians in conflict zones around the wor- wor- world that also sounds like international security uh 4 billion for four, four, almost 5 billion Uh, To support key regional partners in in Indo-Pacific and deter Chinese government aggression. Still, once again, sounds not like national security. That sounds more like international security. You know, Uh, that just sounds like more foreign policy here. Uh, Let's see, Uh, $2.4 billion for U.S. Central Command in the Red Sea... Now um I haven't looked at a map in a little bit but I believe the, the the Red Sea I'm just kidding I know where the Red Sea is. Uh that's not here in the United States. You know, it's not a lake Erie or some shit. You know um 2.3 billion uh for Ukrainians and other refugees display it's still once again not uh and then 400 million for a nonprofit security grant program to help nonprofits in places of worship make security enhancements. Oh And one more thing, at a rate of 5,000 illegal immigrants entering the country per day uh, as well, right? So, uh, yes. Oh, I also forgot to mention, uh, sneakily hidden inside the bill is also a nice, fantastic thing of all of the migrants end up coming through, go through this one court, this far left court, and that's it. That's what, the, the, that court is the one that they go through, so, you know, even if they have very bogus, you know, uh, asylum claims, they'll most likely get in because of how that court wants to operate. Yeah, you, if you think I'm joking, I'm not. That's a real provision in the 370-page bill. Yeah, no, so, uh, so what's the response from, uh, the House of, House of Representatives, uh, it's dead. It's being killed. Uh, it's dead. Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has uh, has seen enough uh, and that this bill is even worse than we expected and won't uh, come to uh, ending the border catastrophe. And it is, if the bill reaches the House, it is dead on arrival. So we can kiss this bill goodbye. And we can continue to go back to the drawing board where we continue this bickering, arguing, and fighting for the next ten months. Or I should say nine months, technically. It's about nine months now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great job, guys. Great, great job. Also, speaking of things that involve around the border. So, the other week. The other week uh so so Nikki Nikki Haley in response when the whole Texas National you know guard stuff first started coming out she talked about how you know she talks about how hey you know uh that you know that she she was all for you know the whole idea that you know states could succeed from from the union right that if Texas wanted to it could succeed from from the union and what well nikki haley i guess has decided to flip-flop I, I i don't know why she's decided to do this uh but here is uh nikki haley on state of the union she really likes cnn all of a sudden i don't know why this is really weird but here she is on a uh, state of the union uh talking about it her claim that texas can succeed from the u.s if it wants
1: so that's what the conversation was about You know, I didn't realize this, but the current Texas Republican Party platform it was added in 2022
2: does call for a statewide voter referendum on whether Texas should, quote, reassert its status as an independent nation. Uh, So I just, again, want to, because this is such a foundational issue, I want to clarify for for voters. You want
1: to be president of the United States. Do you think that any state has a right to secede? no according to the constitution they can't what i do think they have the right to do is have the power to protect themselves and do all that texas has talk about talked about seceding for a long time the constitution doesn't allow for that But what I will say is, where's that coming from? That's coming from the fact that people don't think that government is listening to them. And I've been 400 miles on that border, Dana. You see what those ranchers are going through. You see what those people in Eagle Pass are going through. And now you see what's happening in New York and cities across the country because now every city is Eagle Pass. We've gotta start getting this under control. Texans are frustrated and Mm -hmm. rightfully so. Governor Abbott's frustrated and rightfully so. When have you ever seen a president not support a governor when they're trying to keep their people safe. It's a real problem.
0: So I guess it is now, you know, uh, you know, um, um, now the the thing about this is that the Constitution doesn't say anything about Succession, like it doesn't act like there is nothing in the Constitution. Uh. So I, I mean, it really, it it, it really isn't. No, it's, it's not. It's not a thing in the Constitution. There is nothing in the Constitution about it. I like, like the, there really isn't. Like the issue never came up, or even was a thought before, you know, the Civil War even happened. And even then now, it's really not a thing, right? Like, in the case of, like, different states around the U.S. have kind of, like, secretly sort of prepared for it if that thing does, like, happen, right? And with the case of Texas, their own state constitution allows them to succeed, right? There's a full-on sort of agreement in that when Texas actually joined the U.S. government back in the day, that they can leave at any point in time. Whenever Texas truly feels like it wants, it can technically leave the United States. If it wants. So, this whole idea that uh, states can't do that whenever they decide is just wrong. They can, and they they will. Besides, how bad is our border getting? Uh, It's getting so bad that now even Dr. Phil, Dr. freaking Phil, is going to the border... And is complaining about it. Why? I don't know. But the border is so bad that I guess even Dr. Phil, the person most famous for sending people to the ranch, is now fearful of the border. I. <laughs> that, man, that's how I know the border issue is getting bad. That it's so bad that officially even Dr. Phil has to show up and complain about it and yells at Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for not doing enough. So, everything is going just great down at our southern border. Okay. I I'm once again curious. I like when I read this to you, it sounds like a Babylon B article, but it's posted by the New York Times, and I don't know if these people are genuinely being serious. Okay. We all know about the current climate situation, right? We all know about it, right? Climate anxiety amongst people around the world is up. Okay. So, one of the solutions that keeps getting thrown around that's unironically being pitched, like, I, I, I can't, like, these people aren't making bits, they're not joking, but they're genuinely saying this as if it's some sort of good idea, like they keep saying it, right? So... I, I kid you not. The per- one of the pitches that keeps coming up is guys, what if we put a giant fucking uh like basically umbrella in the fucking in the fucking sky, like above the earth in space, that then you know, like launch a big old fucking umbrella into space. And if you think I'm joking, I uh, I'm not. Th- this is this is their idea. Like, like what what? No, it's not a salute. What kind of fucked up solution is that? Yes, we're gonna block out the sun with a fucking umbrella to cool the Earth off. <laughs> These. Like I, they've got to be joking, right? Like, hey, what's your solution? Put an umbrella in the sky. Fucking genius. No, that's not a plan. That's (laughs) that is a no. That's not a solution. That's just a thing you decided to do. Because why the fuck not? Right? Why? Why not? Why? why, What else? What else could you possibly do? You know what? A what a great grand idea what a grand idea well it may be why people are getting those grand ideas is maybe because our schools are just a complete fucking absolute shit show what am i what am i saying by that well a nice little struggling elementary school in california paid 250,000 to an organization called woke kindergarten Ooh, already off to a great start with that name, which advocates for messages of anti-police, anti-capitalism, anti-Israel, and disrupting whiteness. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, you know, test scores are going to soar through the roof now because I heard so much about mathematics, you know, history, and so much good stuff in that that I'm sure... Nothing could go wrong. You know, it, they were trying to boost those test scores. And, uh, let's see here. Yeah, it failed. It, uh, it, it, it failed. It was, the woke kindergarten has a mission to train teachers to confront white supremacy, disrupt racism and oppression, and remove those barriers to learning. Now, um, you might ask yourselves, isn't this San Francisco? What is it even talking about? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Woke well, Kindergarten is not about indoctrinating children. Oh, but making politics part of the framework of teaching. Yeah, no, that's literally indoctrination. However, uh, uh it 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 doesn't it doesn't work. It 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 does it it doesn't work it is li- literally uh the test scores actually uh, uh dropped yeah it it's it didn't go well yeah woke 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 kindergarten not 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 providing the uh not providing uh for what it should should have i know you were shocked. What? Well, kindergarten wasn't a good idea? <gasps> Say it be not so. How dare it not be the solution? And in things that we've literally been yelling at you over and over again, not because we want them to die or genocide or anything, but we've like continued to yell at you that this would happen, but you didn't listen, the New York Times has now published an article warning of the potential dangers of children undergoing gender-affirming care. <gasps> what are you telling me that there are a bunch of bunch of like younger teenagers to almost children that and they're being exposed to technology where people uh like that are being shown and that they maybe think that they are, and then they realize when they actually get their head brain straight uh you know when they're at towards the end of puberty that they actually aren't. And that they regret their decision? <gasps> no. How? Say it be not so once again. Oh my goodness. <gasps> Shock! Ah <gasps> uh, no way! So you're telling me that they that they didn't actually have gender dysphoria? That it was just that that, that it was just you know mass hysteria? <gasps> no. How How is this shocking to anybody? We've literally been saying this for the past two fucking years. Or even more... For some people, even longer than that. Like, I... Uh, guys, yeah, this was obvious to literally everybody with a functioning human brain. Most of these people don't have gender dysphoria. Okay, gender dysphoria didn't go from being one in 300,000 people... To like one in fifty thousand in the span of five seconds. That doesn't that's not how that works. If that's how it works, holy shit, do we have a problem. Right? Like we have a massive fucking problem on our hands if that's how it worked. Yeah, no. No. You're you're that that would be utter insanity and craziness if that is how it worked. So uh yes. I I'm glad that the New York Times could let us in on something. That we all already know. Okay, so to finish up on today's uh, on Monday, so I have found an article. Some, some way, somehow, I managed to f- end up finding my way here to an article from the Atlantic. Uh, it is an ideas piece from the Atlantic by a David from. Dave, er, with, from, not being, like, from, uh, F-O, or F-R-O-M, but F-R-U-M, from, from, I don't know, but, well, this, uh, this person wrote an article entitled, Uncancel Woodrow Wilson, despised as a racist by today's left and a tyrant by today's right, The 28th president championed a set of values that our politics sorely lack. What did this guy champion that was so great that we sorely lacked? Well, let's find out together. Let's find out together. February marks a century since the death of Woodrow Wilson. Of all American presidents, none has suffered so rapid and a total reversal of reputation because he should. What? The president who segregated the federal government... Who brought back the KKK? Who, who wanted to, if he could have, and if he wouldn't have suffered such health problems, ended up actually like stacking the Supreme Court in a liberal fa- favor, bringing apart uh, the progressive, uh, evil nature the, of that stuff upon the world, cause being partially the cause of over a hundred plus million people's deaths worldwide. What, what could possibly have been wrong? Well. Wilson championed and came to symbolize progressive reform at home and liberal internationalism abroad. Oh, yes, a great idea. Mm, such a great idea. Those progressive causes sure helped out, and they have led to such a great g- great, great president. Uh, Wilson's name resonate uh, Wilson's name resonated with the greats of American history. I don't know why. In our time, however, the American left his subordinated uh, the causes of reform and internationalism and the politics of identity, while the American right has rejected reform and internationalism altogether. Wilson's standing has been crushed in between. In 1948 and again in 1962, survey of American historians rated Wilson fourth among American presidents. Yeah, because at this point in time, yeah, a lot of those people and those American historians have all already been succumbed to the left. Right. You got to remember that over about several decades of time that communism and leftism started to really go viral. Right. The idea of, hey, the establishment being this very conservative thing changed. And so that's where you get this. That's why so many like this. Right. That's why people loved, you know, uh people as Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson. Right. Both shit fucking presidents that should be absolutely be utterly forgotten about or should be taught on how not to be president wilson's fellow presidents uh, esteemed uh, him too harry truman wrote in many ways wilson was the greatest of the greats yeah that's because uh, he's a moron uh, richard nixon admired wilson even more extravagantly he even hung wilson's portrait in his cabinet room and used as a personal desk that's because uh, richard nixon yeah what a great president yeah to face on corruption mm, yes what a great idea Arthur S. Link, who edited 69 volumes of Wilson's papers and wrote f- five volumes of his biography, paid Wilson this tribute aside from St. Paul G- uh, Jesus and the Great Religious Prophets. Woodrow Wilson was the most admirable character I've ever encountered in history. Jeez, man. You know, find get a room first. Holy fuck. Try- quit trying to suck the dude off. Yet, over the ha- past half decade, Wilson's name has succumbed, f- uh, sc- have been scrubbed from schools and memorials across the country. Wilson's own Princeton, which he evaluated from uh, mediocrity to greatness in his eight years as university president, has removed his name from the School of Public Policy and Dormitory. We've taken this step (coughs) and we've taken this extraordinary step because we believe that Wilson's racist thinking and policies make him an inappropriate namesake for a school whose scholars, students, and alumni must be firmly committed to combating the Scourge of racism in all of its forms. Unlike other historical figures. Uh, criticized by American progressives. Such as Robert E. Lee. And Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus is not an American. Okay? He never discovered America. Anybody who tells you that. Has never looked into it. And is a liar. Okay, Leif Erikson. About 400 years before Columbus. Discovered it. And even if you want to go even further. Back. There's a current running theory. That even people around the time of Christ discovered America that uh, that actually escaped from actually like in, over where Jerusalem is and like over into like the Mediterranean and actually somehow made it out of the Mediterranean Sea and made it all the way here. But besides that, Wilson has a few countervailing defendants among American conservatives. Those Those people must be really fucking stupid. Who in their right mind is unironically in the year of 2024... Or even of last year of 2023, defending Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson was one of, if not the worst presidents of all fucking time, right? I have, you know how people have Trump derangement syndrome. I have Wilson derangement syndrome, right? I will fully admit, I have WDS, because this guy is a piece of fucking crap, right? Wilson had a, he does, if anything, contemporary conservatives revile Wilson even more than progressives do. The columnist George Will uh, spices his speeches with uh, with a favorite joke about Wilson's tr- uh, trajectory from the loser in an academic fight at Princeton to the president who ruined the 20th century in his 2007 book. Yeah, he did ruin the 20th century. He ruins even the 21st century. His policies and politics ruin even today. Right. Glenn Beck regularly uh, fulminated against Wilson on his Fox News show in early 2010s. Beck called Wilson an evil son of a bitch and a dirtbag racist. I hate this guy. I don't even want to show his picture. I'm the same way. I don't even want, I don't even like looking at the guy. He's that fucking bad. He is just so fucking absolutely, absolutely just horrific. William's bigotries were very real. As a historian, he made the case that freedom had too hastily been given, uh, given the uh, franchise following the civil war. All of his life, he accepted a subordinate status for black Americans. As a politician, he enforced and extended it. In private, he told demeaning jokes and imitated dialect. And, and delighted in uh, uh, mistral shows, he was said to have praised uh, w- D.W. Griff's film, uh, The Birth of a Nation, originally titled The Klansman, as like writing history which, uh, with lightning. Though this is at least certainly untrue, Wilson viewed the movie in silence. According to a witness at the time, he may have been annoyed because the inner title within the movie quoted Wilson, A History of the American People, as seeming to praise the Ku Klux Klan. The relevant section had in fact rebuked the Klan for its lawless violence, but Wilson objected only to the, the Klan's means, not its ends. He wholeheartedly endorsed the extinguishing of the Reconstruction-era reforms by, by state legislators and white-dominated courts. Here's the thing. Revisionist history once again strikes about Wilson. This guy literally brought back the KKK. He was raised in Reconstructionist South. That's why. He grew up to become a sympathetic Southerner. That's what he is. Right? He became a firm believer that the actual Civil War was not about slavery and was about states' rights as well as about like the freedoms of the different states and the sort of separation... And that it was never about slavery. No. The entirety of the Civil War was about slavery. Anybody who tries to tell you otherwise. Is a complete southern sympathizer. And an other racist. The entirety of the South's war. Was literally about slavery. And the fact that the North was trying to get them to stop. That's what it was about. Williams. Bigotries were shared by his predecessors. And immediate successors. The presidency in 1909. Uh, in his 1909 inaugural address, William Howard Taft uh, repudiated equal voting rights uh, for black Americans and justified the exclusion of immigrants from China. Taft's predecessor, Theodore Roosevelt, enthusiastically impro- uh, promoted the pseudoscience of racial hierarchy that placed white Europeans at the top. The, the segregation of the federal uh, civil service that Wilson's administration instituted was maintained by the four presidents who followed him. Okay. Okay. Whoa. 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. Pause. Back the fuck up. First of all, yes, Theodore Roosevelt was a progressive. You, d- I, uh, People don't realize this. Yes, Theodore Roosevelt was a part of the Progressive Party, his own making, called the Bull Moose Party, which was a progressive party. Progressives have always been evil and bad. William Howard Taft is also a product of his time. But, okay, this sentence right here is where the issues really begin. William's administration uh, instituted was maintained by the four presidents who followed him. Harding was corrupt from the very beginning. That's why he was kicked out of office, right? Calvin Coolidge only kept them in place because he wanted to pass a bill to give the blacks rights and, like, civil rights, but he couldn't get it passed. And that's why he never introduced it, because the the actual Senate was, like, mostly run by Senate Democrats at that point in time, and he knew it wouldn't pass, so he never proposed it, right? Right? He knew that they wouldn't vote for it, so he didn't propose it. Herbert Hoover, by his presidency, couldn't really focus on it. He was too focused on the economy and how bad it ended up getting, and FDR was literally just a racist who wanted to keep it anyway and a bit of a fucking tyrant. My point is not to acquit Wilson of the uh, charges against him, nor to minimize these changes by blaming the times rather than him. Historical figures are responsible for their beliefs, words, and actions, but if one man is judged uh, the... a villain of his era for his bigotries that were common among people of his place, time, and rank, the singular fixation demands explanation. Why Wilson? Rather, Taft or Coolidge? Coolidge was not a racist. Coolidge repeatedly was very much against racism, against all these things, but he couldn't change it, you know? Cause he is not a dictator. He believed in the constitution. He believed in the way of law, right? He didn't try to go through executive privilege, executive orders, right? That's not his thing. He went through the process because he's an actual real fucking American president. Like he's that's why he's the greatest president. Right? He's not trying like one of the greatest, more modern-ish presidents, right? Because he understood the he understood the assignment. Make the federal government as small as possible but also go through the systems. Go through the actual ways in which these things are supposed to happen. That's why he didn't. That's why not him. It is hard to avoid the conclusion that Wilson must be brought uh, brought low because of he, he stood so high. He has scorned now because of his weak weakening attachment to what was formerly regarded as good and great. You know, and that's, that's why. He is not... Not a good president. And he never, ever will be, right? Wilson's most impressive innovations came in the realm of foreign affairs. He granted substantial autonomy to the Philippines, America's largest colonial possession, and opened a pathway to full independence. Wilson negotiated payment to Colombia for the loss of uh, Panama in a revolution that had been uh, fomented by Theodore Roosevelt. He resisted military intervention in the Mexican Revolution and tried to mediate and negotiated the end of World War 1. Yeah, yeah, do you mean the end of the World War 1 in which he basically instituted himself to be in there so that he could go over there and shout his Wilsonian ideology at everybody and make everybody join the League of Nations to then later not even get it approved by the US Congress. Yeah, what a great guy. Also he was trying to force democracy on all of like Europe, being like, democracy is the way. But you know where he didn't believe that? Back home. Because he believed everything to the south of America was lesser people. Yeah, what what a great guy on foreign affairs. Yeah, what what a great dude. Um, yeah, no, what what an absolute shit show. By the way, this article is so long like it is so long. I'm not going to read a lot of it to you. We're we're obviously skimming through a lot here, but no, don't ever uncancel or even think about no, there's there there is not a singular good thing about our 20th president. I'm ashamed to even have him as our 20th president. Okay? There's no reason he should have ever won the presidency, right? He only won the presidency on a fluke. That's right. He is a president based on a fluke right for any for in the article it's like oh my god he beat the f- like four decades of conservative you know sort of thing no he only won because the vote in the Amer- in the US was literally split between Taft and Roosevelt that's it it's the only reason he won is because they tried once again to split the vote between two candidates because neither one of them could secure enough votes or enough of the percentage of the vote in the uh, GOP national convention for that year, for that election year, and so they split the vote, and they literally repeated history in which a person won who shouldn't have won because they split the vote between two candidates, and that's where it led us. It led us to a president who only won 40% of the popular vote and who was at all a shit-fucking president. My goodness. My goodness. I am very, very angry at this point. And well, with that, that is going to end today's episode. If you did go on to enjoy it, please do consider leaving a like, follow uh, follow on Twitter and True Social, and if you want to check out all the articles, they are linked down below. Have a good rest of your Monday, and I will see you right back here tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of the program.